So uh, welcome to the Finding What Drives You podcast. You know, I'm going to start off every episode with just thanking everybody that tunes in, likes it, shares it, subscribes. Really appreciate you. You guys keep this thing going. Stay positive. Love you all. So this is a, everyone's special to me. You know, I love everybody. But my baseball number growing up was number nine. This is episode nine. Uh, we got a great freaking dude, one of the best guys you'll meet. He's a great husband, father, business owner now. We'll talk about that. Professional pitcher, baseball pitcher. Uh, great golfer. Hit straight bombs out there. Uh, just just a great man. I'm looking forward to this episode and learning more about your story that I don't even know. We met about 15 years ago, but Jared Martin, welcome, dude. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you having me. Yes. Whenever I run into him, we just talk for hours. So it's uh, it's all motivational, positive talk. And especially now, it was always about baseball. Now it's about business, but before we get into business, I definitely want to just, we got to go over your baseball career. I watched a video earlier. You were on the flying squirrels. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so how did it all start, man? Dude. I mean, it's kind of hard, like where you begin, right? Yeah. I think, you know, being a local guy, you're thinking about high school and you know, the dream is to play in the big leagues, but the Valley is a little difficult to get out of. I mean, let me put it to you that way. This, I'm aging myself a little bit now. The, uh, the social media world was just kind of getting into the game. Um, Absolutely. So it was probably like my fourth, fifth year in a pro ball where I was starting to like look for jobs after a, a shoulder surgery and I could just post videos on Twitter and yeah. scouts would call me. It was great. This is so much easier. But now back in the day, you had to drive. So uh, what year was that? So I graduated high school from Centennial Yep. in 2008. And my mom and dad took me my junior year. So I got kind of on the radar. I did some showcase camps. I did the, uh, the what was it? The area code baseball, you know, showcase league in, in the summertime. So was a varsity player as a sophomore, went to those showcase camps. And it was the Brewers. That was the team I played for. And it was their scouts, their local teams. Um, what would that be considered? There's, there's minor leagues, double A, triple A. What would that be? Well, this is still scout ball. Okay. Yeah, I haven't signed yet. I'm a sophomore in high school. So this is scout ball where you're playing showcase leagues to be seen by – I mean, it's really designed for universities. I mean, we'll go, gotcha, you know, because yeah. L.A. is where you got to be. Okay. I think that's pretty common for most sports. You got to get out of the Valley. Well, as much in- as I love the Valley, you're not you're, – you're in a bowl. You're not seen. So um, we go to these showcases, right? So you start getting some buzz. Kind of like social media now, right? You get some following and you get some get some heat and get some movement. Um, but yeah, I started getting a buzz. And the coach and the manager basically that ran the scout ball team when I was a sophomore said, hey, you're good enough to be on this team right now, but we don't need you because we have to focus more on the kids that are going into college next year, juniors that are, you know, getting onto the radar. He goes, You'll be back here next year. We only select a few juniors to be on our team. And uh, that was really encouraging. I'm, you know, 16 years old. Right. Fast forward another year. Okay, I'm on the team. And, uh, man, you're starting to get some buzz. You're pitching at, I don't even know if it's called Blair Stadium anymore. anymore. It was. Uh, I've heard of it. It's the Long Beach State Dirt Bags Field. So that's where the head showcase stadium is um, down south in Long Beach. So, um go out there and you just dominate bro you just get seen you got to just go out there and showcase every day you're just one inning go out there and let it fly (laughs) so you You face three batters three up three down basically yeah yeah. three up three down and you know i'm 17 and i'm cracking so i always i tell my kids that i coach here in town i was a freshman topping at 87 sophomore 89 so i gained two every year uh junior i was at 91 Miles per hour, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we definitely know. And I then do, my senior year, in my senior year, we're talking about showcase, right? It's like 15 pitches, and you're just like letting it fly. Yes. I might have hit the backstop. I might have spiked it 20 feet in front of it's me. still but impressive. You're still letting it eat, you yes. know? But uh, yeah, 94 was the top as a senior. So I started getting a lot of buzz. I'm glad I didn't face you. <laughs> Dude, I started getting a lot of buzz. It was awesome. And, uh, 
you know, you start seeing scouts roll into town and dude, it kind of just started from there, bro. And then, I mean, bro, I can remember games and, uh, it actually, a lot of it molded me to the player that I turned out to be. I was a top prospect going into the season, but I actually had a bad season my senior year. I was projected. What's your version of a bad season? Well, when you're looking at these mock drafts and you're seeing them come out, like Baseball America was the big thing. This big magazine used to come out and they had college, they had high school, and then they had like a mock draft, right? So going into my senior season, I was mock draft number 12 overall in the first round. You can look it up. I, I believe I, I could be that guy that says, oh, I was pretty good when I was playing. Oh, no. Yeah. So, no. That's going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> no, Baseball America, I was number 12 overall. So, projected first round. Wow. I was a left-hander at 18 years old throwing in the mid-90s. Yeah. How tall are you, too? I was 6'3", like 180 pounds. So, projection right. was good. Right. Scouts are looking at everything. Bro, I had scouts coming in my living room asking me to see my dad. Hey, let me see your dad. Where's your dad? Obviously, he was there. And hey, your dad, can you stand up? Too. Yeah, my dad's six four, two forty at the time. You know, yeah. Like, okay, there's some beef there, dude. I had scouts. Let's I mean, see I'm, your mom. Turn around. Yeah. Like, what kind of? Well, dad? I got lucky. Hey, I got lucky there. My dad rolled the dice. My mom's five three. So, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I guess I think I was five. I was five eight at the end of eighth grade, and start of freshman year, I was six foot. So your boy grew over three and a half inches and you want to talk about some knees and ankle pain. <laughs> yeah. That summer was brutal. Yes, but definitely. No, man, it was, it was a, a crazy journey. And you know, the, the bad season was, you know, the overwhelming exposure that I got, got to my head right. and, you know, they call it the yips. They call it, you know, just putting too much pressure on yourself. I didn't have the yips, but I also didn't have like that overwhelming, like, dominant confidence that i had previously so i actually yeah. slipped had a lot of command problems which you're trying kind of, to guide it probably yeah, yeah yeah you're trying to be perfect i can remember the game that broke my back as far as my draft stock we're playing stockdale um we're at stockdale you know stockdale centennial right very pretty, competitive pretty competitive top teams baseball yeah players in the, town yeah we are sure. the we are the two top teams in the in town right as far as local schools same league right swyl back in the day mm -hmm. um yeah dude i'm the starting pitcher and 30 major league teams were there which is every team if you didn't <laughs> know that every team was yeah. in the stands 30 scouts 30 scouting directors which are the big dogs that say hey pick him like their name goes on the on the player wow. 30 it was unbelievable and stockdale has the stadium i don't know if you've been out there they actually have yeah. the built stadium I, I played there too yeah um did not get out of the first inning oh yep. yeah i did not get out of the first inning i'm up there and you want to talk about like feeling on an island and being completely lost literally that was my first like let down like oh no i'm losing my dream i'm losing it because i was riding high like scout teams all oh, number top prospect you know bum, bum, i'm riding this high and then didn't get out of the first inning i'm walking off the mound like you know tail between my legs head down like defeated and i look up in the stands you see 60 men stand up and walk out of the stadium Ooh. at the same time so after like my 35th pitch, probably they had already put their stuff away. And then when I got pulled, I gave it a glance and dude, 60 men. And you're just like, Oh no, my dream's gone. And sure enough, fast forward to June bro, I'm, I'm breaking out in pimples. Like, I don't know what stress is, right? I'm 18 years old. I almost old. got one right now. Listen to the story. Oh dude, <laughs> I'm breaking out in pimples. I'm stressing out. I'm sitting on the couch on my wow. laptop, you know, cause there, we didn't have the MLB network like pumping out the draft. They had just started it, but it was for first round only. We're all about the paper, man. Every morning I read the paper. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Bakers of California, bro. Yeah, I yeah. want to see my name in there. But, mm -hmm. dude, it was like first round gone. And then, you know, my, I had an agent. They call them advisors at the time. Mm -hmm. You don't pay them until you make it. Right. But you can't have a you can't have an agent as an amateur. Right. So um, they're advisors. So, you know, we, we had this number, right? Because I had signed a scholarship to play at Cal State Fullerton as a two-way player. 
side note, like I was probably a better hitter than I was a pitcher. Uh, that's always asked pitchers. Yeah, were you a good no. hitter? Yeah, and and this is a, a <laughs> it's always a joke amongst the pitchers, right? In pro ball, eighty five percent, I would say, were the best athlete at their school. Yeah, at the next, you know, you get to a pro ball and you're basically you're dogged as like a oh you're just a pitcher. You're not an athlete. You're just a pitcher. They always joke. You're not an athlete, but pitchers are usually the best athletes. They just get the get the and you get to play the most golf, right? That's it, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we do. John Smoltz was one of the, a really good golfer. Yeah. Greg Maddox, all these guys, definitely. Oh, dude. Oh yeah, I can rattle off all kinds of good golfers that I don't even know about. You know? Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, dude. The draft went. I ended up getting drafted. Projected but, first by, round by who? Got drafted the 19th round by the Baltimore Orioles. I know. I, I would never forget. I was so pumped for you, man. That's so cool. Yeah, and I'm like, you're excited, right? You're like, oh, I just got drafted by an MLB team. And you're going, you're 18. You're going through all the emotions. You're like expecting maybe the Dodgers will get me, you know, my favorite team. And you're like, well, that's not going to probably happen. But maybe somewhere close to close to home. And then Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. I'm like, I'm like. That was the only scout that wasn't there. Like, my mom and dad were like looking at each other. We're like, can we? Do we even have like anywhere to go buy an Orioles hat? Maybe Lids at the Value Plaza. Yeah, we had to go to Lids at the Value Plaza and get like they had like one hat in the bottom left corner. You're like, right. whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, didn't even fit. Amazon wasn't like really a thing. You nope, know, so it's exactly. like I can't just zon it for a couple days. You know, prime time. But uh, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, it didn't work out. You know, I was looking for a certain number to to, st- to steer me away from college because I had that blue chip. I mean, Cal State Fortune at the time was a powerhouse they've always no, been known for a powerhouse right and i had this great scholarship you know and it was two-way player and i'm i'm honest with people like i wasn't a, i wasn't a student like i did good i <laughs> i got good i got decent grades i wasn't a 4.0 but i got decent grades. hey mom's rule 3.0 bro right 3.0 was mom's rule not mm-hmm. the school 2.0 if i didn't have three i wasn't playing so man and dude she's five three she packs a punch, dude. You know that little button on the top of your hat, bro? Yeah, I hear you. you pop off the mom. That that button right there hurts on top of your <laughs> head. You pow, pow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, it didn't work out. And like I said, not being a student, the draft back in those days, they had to read. They they didn't have the new form that they have now. If you went to a university, you were stuck. You were locked in for three years. Right. So now you're gambling that say your freshman year was okay. Maybe your sophomore year was amazing, but you go and struggle your junior year. That's the only year that matters. Right. So you have one draft again. And then what if you injured is always the case. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Or you just don't do well. Now you're like, well, do I, one. yeah. Do I take the draft now, which the only bargaining chip you have for teams is that senior season. But if you do it, if you have a terrible junior year, then you're like, well, I guess I'll go to my senior year. And then when they have you at senior year, they go, Hey, do you want a plane ticket to play? There's no, there's no leverage. Wow. There's no rules back in those days. Right. Now they're strict with like slots, like mm-hmm. their money. They're like, if you're drafted in the fifth round, you're getting fifth round money. Back in the day, if you went in the fifth or sixth round, it didn't matter. Hey, do you want to play? Uh yeah okay well here's a thousand bucks and a plane ticket if you don't want it we'll give it to the next guy yeah you know what I mean there's no leverage what do you say well I'll go work uh, at McDonald's instead you're like no I'll go <laughs> I'll go play for free if you give me the shot <laughs> exactly but uh so I actually went to BC right. I had to call my coach at Fullerton I said you know what I'm sorry but the way the math in my head worked is like I want to be a professional baseball player that was my dream my whole life right. BC had Coach Payton up there. I mm-hmm. have a good relationship with Coach Payton. Yeah. He helped me throughout my high school career. He, uh, you know, I loved going up there. I loved the stadium. I loved, it just had that that atmosphere that you wanted to be a part of. Right. And uh, it's historic. Yeah. Dude, yeah. It's Bakersfield College, Renegades. Yeah. You know, and I'm uh, alumni there too, by the way. I play yeah. for the golf team, though. There you go. Hey, <laughs> I saw him out there practicing out in the, out in, out in the outskirts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. And, it was just better math in my head. You can get drafted your freshman year and your sophomore year. And if you didn't get drafted where you wanted to, now you can go to the university Definitely. and have that. So you get three over the one. No, I totally get it. Yeah. So that's how it ended up. I went to BC, actually had a better season, got hurt. I uh, flamed up my ulnar nerve on my elbow, but I was already killing it. And the Orioles drafted me again 
in the 18th round and they said, are you ready to go yet and get, and get your dream started? I go, yeah, I'm ready. Yes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit because it was not about the money. The right. money would help my family down the road that, you know, I knew I was going to have, but it wasn't about the money. I was like, dude, I want to go. I'm, I'm ready. Give me a shot. I want to go. I was, that scared me to death. That injury. I was like, dude, if I really got hurt, then you never get a shot. Right. I can always go back to school. That was my thought process is I could always go back to school. But that injury where I couldn't play anymore, I was like, um, okay, I'm ready. Yep, I don't care what the money is. I want to go play. I yeah. want to put the jersey on, yes. and I want a shot. If you never take your shot, if you never toe the line or you know step in the batter's box, you're never going to get there. Right. So Get in that bat. That's it, so bro. To speak. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I use that all the time right now yes. you know, in my life. So I wanted to talk about my kid. My old, my 10-year-old plays travel ball. My youngest, I coached their 7-year-old team. We had a game tonight after this. But do you have any um, – or let's see. You started when you were four years old, I'm sure, like everybody yeah, else, yeah. and played on. Uh, do you think that there's too much baseball you could play, like over – you know, get burnt out as a kid? I mean, is that a thing? I, people talk about it all the time as, as coaches. So. All the time. I mean, I think – this is a this is a topic where the old baseball minds like myself like I I I was raised old style and I got coached by the old timers right mm -hmm. where now it's all analytics and different things where being a being an athlete is your best asset right so when you become a robot mechanical you make it a job and it's not fun anymore then then you're actually gonna see yourself decline rather than you know. Um, get better right. in your skill set, right? So yeah, I see a lot of kids moving towards you know year round playing, year round travel ball. Right. I mean, I have a coaching facility here in town. I do private lessons. What's the name of that? It's a it's a Pro Player Academy is is the academy that I share with uh, Bill Gentry. We uh, we have a facility. We've been training kids over there for over 13, 14, My whole career, I've come, give them back. Yeah, yeah, Good job. and I love it. You know, it's. It's so encouraging to see a kid who is chasing that dream. I had mentors, you know, and and um, be, just being on that pedestal that I've been given, you know, mm -hmm. God has given me a great pedestal to help and inspire kids. Possibly, um, I talk I, I talk right. about this all the time. Um, you know, we go to the Bridge Bible um, right. Church, and uh, you know, I've always told them like I feel connected to helping youth. Um, especially boys. Dude, we got to make the generation better. Yeah, than we were for sure. I feel That's... like I can help. You know, especially like the like the young teen teen boys, because that's a huge like seesaw. You know, it's a it's a huge it's pendulum. Confusing time of your life too. Right. Mentorship yeah. is so important. Yeah, and you know the pendulum can swing the absolute wrong direction, or it can swing the right direction if you have the right person inspiring you in your life. So, I have a great story. Um, one of my first kids his name is jp perez so i'm gonna i'm gonna message his dad and say you need to listen to this podcast because i tell this story and i don't even know if i've told them this i tell this story all the time he's one of my first kids i've ever had you know when i started my facility i think he was 10 at the time now the guy's graduating college so that tells you wow yeah my, it's been doing a long that's time. crazy dude right yeah. so young kid hungry loves baseball you know would come in and work wanted to be better, wanted to, you know, wanted to play in the big leagues like all of young boys do. Of course. Um, but I can remember, right, he was one of my later lessons. It might have been 9 o'clock at night, right, on a school night. When we went, I did my lessons from 3 to 10 or 3 to 9, and then I did all my training after that. People don't realize that. but, right. but um, Usually people that make it do that. Yeah. We were talking about David Carr earlier. I heard that he stayed after practice, him and his dad. Yeah. practice for two hours afterwards yeah yeah and you got you got to do David. you got to do what it takes and that's kind of what i was relaying to this kid his dad actually approached me and said hey i don't think we're gonna be able to come anymore and i'm like man what like this is after a couple of years of me working with him mm -hmm. right i think he might have been 13 like you know that teenage years we're going to the marketplace on friday night was the thing to do you know let's go hang out and you're starting to get involved with friends who are getting involved with girls or whatever, right? Right. Totally fine. There's certain things that um, you can do and things you can't do. Well, one of the things that he couldn't do, and this was his dad, is he was slipping in grades. It was a big mm -hmm. deal, you know? 
And I tell people, I go, listen, I'm, I wasn't the best student, but I, I got it done. I had my standards and I had to get it done. You can't just not show up. Um, so yeah, his dad told me, he says, I don't think we can come anymore because, you know, so JP's bad. grades are slipping and, you know, we're taking time away and nobody's in the building. It's just the three of us, right? I sit him down. I have like a therapy exercise table, you know, like a, like a chiropractor table type right. thing. And, uh, up on the wall, right behind them, right up on the wall. Um, I have some frame jerseys, like my playing jerseys from minor league teams and the teams I was drafted by different things like that. I have them all framed, just kind of like inspiration for kids. Right. And we're talking, I'm going back and forth. And, and I kind of told him some stories about kind of the things that, um, I had to go through in high school, that time of your life that you're going through. And then the struggles with trying to fit in as well, mm -hmm. especially when you're standing out amongst other people. And, um, I was like, dude, you see those jerseys on the wall right there? And he like looked at him, you know, he's quiet. I'm talking to him and he's like, yeah, I go, do you ever want to wear one of those jerseys possibly? He's like, yeah. And then we just got into, it. I said, dude, let me tell you one thing. Nobody is going to give you that Jersey right there just because you want it. You have got to do so much extra to be better than everybody else, not at your school, not in Bakersfield, not in California, not Kern County, not California, not the United States. How about the whole world? You have to be better than every, if you think about it, every person in the whole world, there is another boy who is going a little bit harder than you across the entire world. And so, might even want it more too. Who knows? Absolutely. Yeah. They want it more. They right. do. There's those Dominican boys that I played with. I was thinking the same thing. Bro, I played with them. I saw them come straight off the island and then come to my teams when I was a rookie. I had a teammate of mine. This is not even a joke. This is not sarcastic. He was drafted. Well, I guess you're just signed in the Dominican. You're not drafted. There's no draft. You're just a free agent. Right. He was signed because a scout saw him throwing rocks, trying to knock down coconuts to feed his family. Wow. How about that? That's crazy, right? That is. A scout saw him throwing rocks, had had really good mechanics, was throwing rocks at a coconut, was pretty accurate. They said, hey, do you want to try pitching? Here's my teammate, the Bluefield Orioles in 2010. Can't remember his name. I wish I could just drop that name, but yes, I had man. a lot of teammates. But I'll never forget that story, right? That's incredible. I mean, so I tell really I tell this kid that I'm telling now things. JP this story, right? And I'm like, bro, you know, if you can't play baseball, if you can't get grades, you can't play. Right. It's that simple, right? And I I always go back to this story. I tell kids too, if you want to be just one of the boys and you want to roll in the pack with them, how are you ever going to stand out? If you're just rolling to the parties and you're hanging out here, hanging out there, my mom used to always tell me, Jarrett, if you want to be somebody, you need, to, you need to stand out. And when you stand out, that's for the good and for the bad. So, for instance, I drove a red, like a GMC Sierra, a little truck when I was in high school, right? Mm -hmm. That was my first truck. And my mom would always scare me. She was good at that. <laughs> she goes, Jared, if you were at a party on a Friday night and your red truck was parked out front, and something bad happened, you're going to be guilty by association, brother. Like, son, right? <laughs> so mom's like giving me like those parent talks, right? And I, It's a good mom right I'm there. I'm like, dude, yeah. So I just stayed home and I played Halo every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Man, that's, that's dude, awesome. But no, I'm telling this kid that I go, bro, you have to get your priorities right. What's your priorities? Do you want to go and hang out with your friends at the marketplace? That's cool. Go for it. But you can't have both. Right. It takes sacrifice, it takes a lot of work, and it takes a lot of commitment. I go, your grades are a number one. You can't play without grades. That's a big deal. You physically, they will not let you have the jersey mm -hmm. if you don't get grades, right? Number two is if you don't stand out, how, is, how are you ever going to be seen? Right. When I was in high school, I used to get tons and tons and tons of flack from my teammates, right? And I tell stories all the time to my kids. Pitchers mostly, right? You get you get to the point where you're, you know practice is over. You just finished BP and you're doing your stuff. And pitchers training, you know, back in the day, 
Coach Roberts, Randy Roberts at Centennial. Yeah. Um, we had foul poles, right? Conditioning. Pitchers had to run conditioning practice. Okay, well, in my mind, I want to pitch at Dodger Stadium. That's all I thought about was pitching at Dodger Stadium. Vince Scully, I wanted him to announce my name. Yes. That's all I wanted, dude. Like, I grew up, you know, back in the day, we only had a couple channels. It was the Cubs. Remember that? You can watch the Cubs <laughs> and the Braves, the local channels, yes. and you can watch the Dodgers. I remember Three that. teams, right? You can watch, was it WGN? Or I know, something? Win or something. Yeah, yeah. Or something. And yeah. then you had T TNT for the, yeah. Yes. So you're there, right? But uh, so that, this was a big deal. And this is a hard concept for a lot of youth kids who play in, they have their youth coaches, and then you have your high school coaches, and you have your college coaches. They always pump this down your throat. Play for the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. That's a that's a good idea. That makes sense, right? Because people think individual, I'm going to just do my own thing. But I learned this later when I was a professional, when it became it had nothing to do with the name on the front. That was just that was just the vessel to get you to the next level. Right. It didn't matter if I played for the Great Lakes Loons or if I played for the Flying Squirrels. Flying Squirrels, yeah. You know what I mean? It didn't matter where I was playing. Right. The only name that mattered was the name on the back. How I was as a person, how I was as a player, my work ethic, my character, everything. That's all that mattered. When you're drafted, they don't care about your high school team. Right. Oh, well, Centennial won the Valley 2007. <laughs> I didn't throw that out there, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, no, you didn't. They don't care. They care about that player. So to me, that was a challenging time in my life because I took a lot of heat from my teammates, right? So back to my foul pole story. The herd, right? Five, six, seven, eight guys, you know, we're going to run as a team. Okay. And the jog was probably as slow as a speed walk, like a nice jog. We're getting nothing out of it. We're just doing what we're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, inside, I, I feel like this drive. I do. I, I can't. This is not making me better. This is not taking me to the next level, right? And I'm explaining it just like this to JP. I go, dude, I had to step up, and I didn't try and show anybody up. I wasn't trying to brown nose, but they took it that way. They could have taken it that way, which is fine, yeah. right? But I sprinted those foul poles when my team was still jogging behind me. I said, listen, I'm not showing anybody up. I had the conversation with the guys. I go, you're more than welcome to join me, but I'm not going to sit back here and jog. I I have somewhere to go. I have somewhere to be. And that's it. And I've I've just taken that hey, kind of moving forward. You know what I'm saying? Right now. I mean, I'll see, that's, that's what winners are made of right there. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't me trying to show anybody up. This is at six o'clock at night. Who's watching my practice? And, dude, that just reminded me, freshman year, my favorite quote that I lived by literally throughout my whole career was on a, a, a centennial football freshman year. I think it was 2004, 2005 football team. Don't know who said this. I don't know what the quote, who wrote it, who said it. But I saw it, and I literally, like, wrote it down. I watched, like, I followed a guy, and I wrote it down. The mark of a champion is how hard you work when nobody's watching. So I'm like, okay, there's no scouts at this practice in the middle of, you know, Bakersfield at a Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. when the sun's almost down. It was literally like, okay, I'm going to pitch at Dodger Stadium and I don't care whose feelings I hurt. I'm doing this for me and my family and my future. You're more than welcome to join me. So that kind of rode through my career. And they gave you flack for that? Like you know, it's just that, it's just that, you know, peer pressure. It's just like that, that teenage years where, you know, right. Oh, bro, you're brown nosing, you know, your coat, you know, coach's pad, uh, you know, yeah. it's just the guys that I might've been showing up. They felt, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They felt, um, show, I mean, yeah, brown nose. I guess yeah. They felt, say, they yeah. felt, they felt showed like, Showed up. That's right. terrible English. But they, you know, they, they didn't like they didn't like me showing them up. Is what I'm saying. But, I got you. Yeah. I but I was. I, I have this conversation with JP. I'll wrap this up. From that conversation, it was like an hour long conversation, just like serious talk like this. 
That kid went to Garces, was a 4.0 student, pitched, played varsity baseball, got a scholarship to play college baseball, which is not easy to do, right? You're talking right. about little league, and then you have high school, and then you have college, and then you have minor leagues, right? and then you have the major leagues. So to get to this point, right? <laughs> It's a hard it's a hard road. You've got to be you have to have more than just skill. Exactly. You have to be everything. Like you said, we're talking so, about the world here. I tell kids that story all the time. JP, proud of you, bro. You've done good. So that's a, that's awesome. Congrats, JP. Yep. And you too, man, for being a leader like that. Because it takes some courage. Instead of following the herd, you were being a lion. So yeah. Love that. Dude, so I gotta know, did you ever pitch in Dodger Stadium because that was your dream. <laughs> so I did. I did. I, um, I never. So I tell people this story and it's hard. Once you make it to the a, a professional team, you know, you have this, you're, you're a pro, you're a pro, right? But it is such an elite club. I talk about it like, you know, like your resume, right? Yes, I was on the Dodgers. I was on the Dodgers minor league system. And then I was actually blessed and lucky enough to be purchased and put onto the Dodgers 40-man roster. So on paper, I was a major leaguer. Right. I made it on paper, right? Congrats. But in 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 the game, in, in that small circle, you're not a big leaguer until you throw a pitch, throw a pitch yeah. or take an A-B. Suit up when you're active, I should say, when you're active. 25-man, and I never made it to the 25 man, you know, I had a great season working out through 2014 when I was on the roster, I battled injuries all season, you know, and, and I, I hate that it was an injury. Cause you always hear the old guys talk, well, I could have made it, but I got hurt. Right. Yeah. But I really, I was there. Um, and dude, my coach scarred me. I wish he never did this, but <laughs> I got, I blew my shoulder out on my birthday, August 14th. So 40 man roster, I was the closer in Chattanooga, Tennessee, playing for the Lookouts, and uh, yeah, dude, I was I was there. I had a good because you know when you're when you're racking up innings as a reliever, mm -hmm. that's what you ha you got to rack up consistent innings because one inning at a time, boom, 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 boom. Like you have to be consistent. When when Don Mattingly at the time calls you in the eighth inning to get the left hander out, you better get him out. That was my favorite player growing up too. Oh, I was, really? I was a Yankee fan growing oh, up. Oh wow, yeah, that's no, so funny. That is. But yeah, no, August 14th, blew my shoulder out. And I just, I just felt it. I was like, oh, and you know, it shocked me, pinched me right, right in my labrum. And uh manager pulled me out. So right, September call-ups is what they call it. September 1st, Major League Roster can expand the roster. Okay, the 25 man can now expand to 40. They changed it now to like 35, but at the time it was they can expand to 40. Well, I was on the roster. All they would do is just activate me for another bullpen arm to save their guys for the playoffs, right? right? Like, Hey, we made the playoffs. It's September. Let's get these minor leaguers in here. Let's let our guys freshen up for the playoffs. That's how that works. Right. Mm -hmm. Dude, Mike, I'll never forget it. Razor shines. It's my manager in Chattanooga. Razor shines. That's like the coolest name. Yeah. I've ever heard. Look him up. That dude's, <laughs> that dude's bad. He, and I, and I'm talking about, he's just intense. If I, this was the Joe Rogan show, we'd pull him up right now. Dude, <laughs> no, Hey, I love him too. You know what? Some people, he rubbed the wrong way because of how intense he was, but he reminded me a lot of coach Roberts. Right. <laughs> it's that intense, but I loved that. I learned how to, you know, adapt to that. Right. You know, when you mess up, you, you pay for it and you work, you know, you take care of business and, uh, dude, he called, I'm, I'm in there like, you know, thinking to myself like, Oh, man, I'm Jack. This is not good. You know, shoulder was 50, 50. It's like, uh, you're nervous a little bit. He goes, Martin, get in here. Calls me back to his office. Sit down. There I'm, he is at razor shines. Right razor shine. There he <laughs> nice. is. Yeah. Yep. There he is. Well, yeah. He, you know, he looks familiar. I, Texas boy, dude. Hey, yeah. dude would knock your, looks like knock your head off your shoulders. Let me tell you. That's awesome. No, I loved it though. I love that intensity. And, uh, he goes, what are you doing? I'm like, Skip, I, trust me. I don't want, I didn't want that to happen. You know, I'm like, you're hurt. I'm hurt right now. I'm in pain. Yeah. He goes, what are you doing? He goes, you know, maybe a little other words in between there. <laughs> but uh, he goes, he, he takes his hat and he like throws it on the, on the desk. He goes, man, he goes, and he looks disgusted. He goes, 
man, they were calling you up in September. He goes, I don't know what they're going to do now. And he had this Texas twang, you know, accent. I don't know what they're going to do now. And I'm like, I feel better. You know, like, oh, I feel better all of a sudden, you know? No, but no, I didn't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't go. That's when you know you're hurt is I couldn't go. I couldn't do it. So I didn't pitch the rest of the season. How long does it take to heal? Um, so it took a while because I had to have surgery. So I didn't know it was blown. I actually um, got designated off the roster in that offseason. Everyone, I mean, the Dodgers designated me as injured. So I went, I cleared through waivers, got outrighted back to the Dodgers minor league system, right? And then got traded to the Brewers that offseason. And the Brewers got me thinking, like, I was okay. And then I got to, uh, I was in Maryville, Arizona at the Brewers Complex. How fast were you throwing at the time, too? What's, what's your fastest pitch you've thrown? Well, I've thrown 98. That's my max. <laughs> I was still throwing. So I had I had a partially torn labrum, and I was still pumping in Chattanooga, 94, 95, in pain. Like, I was hopped up on some, you know, some pretty good stuff to get me through it because <laughs> right. it's an every night thing, and I didn't want to come out until it actually stopped and, and tore out. But, uh, yeah, dude, I got designated, shipped over to Milwaukee, and then in January, you know, after I took off the whole offseason, I was talking to doctors. I said, just rest. You know, it's inflamed. Let it chill out. I mean, day one at Milwaukee's camp, like, nope. No, I couldn't throw it 15 feet, and the surgeon was there for physicals. He goes, yeah, you're you need surgery. And that's scary, bro. That's shoulder is 50, 50. Like you're either going to possibly make it back. So it probably is less than 50, 50. And then, you know, more than likely you're not had surgery took me all of that season to just like rehab and like everything still hurts. So you're like discouraged. I've never had surgery. I didn't know. I didn't never been broken. So, um, I had a couple teammates, older teammates that were there rehabbing had had the surgery previously. They go, dude, like one year, you'll kind of see a difference. And sure enough, after that Milwaukee Brewer season, I was a free agent because my seven year contract, my minor league first year deal was over your drafted contract, you know, and now you can be a, a free agent and didn't get picked up. I had to go to independent ball twice. Um, I had, dude, I can go forever and ever. I mean, we got, we got, we got, we got other topics. I know we do, but no, I can, I can, okay, man. I can go, great, I can go deep, stuff. dude. I had to go so many different ways to get back, but, uh, yeah, it took a long time to get back for sure. Well, what was the end? What was, that was the end, end of the road right there? Or? No, I mean, I can keep going. <laughs> what, was your, what was the end? What was the, uh, no, I, uh, how many teams did you play for? And what, what was the, what was the, so end? after the Brewers, I actually went and just got back on the horse, had to learn how to throw, had to learn how to pitch. The one year mark, I started feeling good. I was like, wow, yeah. he was right. Like, I'm starting to feel good. I'm getting encouraged. Like, I'm like, I'm pulling out of the clouds right now. I'm feeling pretty how good. How old are you at the, that time? 26. Okay. So I'm still fresh, you know. Right. Um, I still, I'm still hungry. I was there, dude. Right. I was in spring training with the Dodgers. I, the year before, I threw a one on one bullpen with Sandy Koufax. Wow. Left-handed pitcher. Crazy. I'm like this kid, like, you know, I'm throwing a bullpen with Sandy Koufax. And then kind of going back to how I said earlier, I wanted to have Vin Scully announce my name. My One of my two live spring training games in the big league camp, the one at the Dodgers complex, was the day Vin Scully did the celebrity announcing. So I have a video of Vin Scully announcing, now pitching, like, you know, like the TV, like the MLB network, yes. like Jarrett Martin, Bakersfield, California, yes. Bakersfield College. And you're hearing that voice, dude, that, that was special. Dude, yeah. Even if it was minor leagues, I go, bro, Vince Scully said Jarrett Martin from Bakersfield. Yeah. You know, I was like, that's cool. You got it. I did that. That part was cool. That should be your um, voicemail when I call you. I know. Right. That'd yeah. be sick. <laughs> yeah. And I was like a little kid afterwards, bro. I had and that, and that, when you're a player becoming like a fan is you got to kind of not do that you're not a fan you're you're a player I'm, you're one of us right you know it's like a business at that yeah point you're too, you're so. you can't be like oh can i get your autograph kershaw can i get your autograph? you know <laughs> but there was a couple times i had to i walked up to vince Scully with a with a fresh baseball like a little child i go vin mm. 
Can I please get your autograph? This is not, this is for me and my family. That was special. Definitely. And I got a picture on my wall that we did during our media training. It was him and I, and signed from Vince Scully. That was pretty cool. That and is. the same thing, I did the same thing with, with Sandy, obviously. You know, left-hand pitcher Dodgers, yeah, left-hand pitcher Dodgers. Done. Took one up to him. He actually signed it, right, he, and uh, personalized it. You know, Jarrett, best wishes, da-da-da-da, Sandy Koufax. And I saw it, I go, okay, that's really awesome. Don't get me wrong, that's awesome. It's personalized. But, you know, when you look at a ball in a case, I, I had to get, like, Sandy, can you sweet spot this one? Because this is going to be my son's son, like my daughter, you know, this is gonna be my kids one day. Right. This is I, this is going nowhere. And and I, I don't need the authentic, you know, authentic sticker because it's not going anywhere. I know who signed it. I got a picture yeah, of him signing it. Exactly. So he signed two then for me. So I have I have Vince Goley, I have Sandy Koufax, and then the last one before I, my career was over, I'm sitting there in spring training, right? Big league camp with the A's. That's another team I played for, right? 2018. So I'm with the A's. And dude, you're I mean, you're amongst it's everybody. I mean, you just see people roll through like, oh, there's Raleigh fingers. Mustache and everything, yes. dude. You're like, hi, hi, Raleigh. You know, like I've seen you on MLB Network, like these shows and stuff. It's like, dude, this is sick, you know. But yeah, I'm sitting there and we're playing spades, playing spades with like I'm sitting here with you, playing with Ricky Henderson. Wow. Yep. Oh, love Ricky yep. too. And dude, when you're once you make it, you're a player. Like, you know, people idolize these players for what they've done. And it's a cool perspective to be like a part of it. You know, yeah. they're just people, dude. They're just people. They're the same people that sit in this room right now. Yes. You know? So I'm playing cards with Ricky. All hundred people in the crowd right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. We got a whole audience <laughs> here, right? But uh, no, it's the same. it's what I'm talking about. It's super simple. And, I'm, and after the game of spades, you know, I think I think Ricky and I are partners. We're sitting across the way and we beat our guys, right? So I went over to the clubby and I said, "Hey, you got a you got a pearl on you?" Pulls it out of the box, paper on it, you know. I go, Ricky, man. Hey, Ricky. You know, you're talking to Ricky. Ricky, brother, I need your autograph. This is for me. This is because, you know what? I respect what you did. You're a Hall of Famer, bro. <laughs> yes. You're the best ever. Like, that's crazy. You know, yeah. like, that's what was cool. Like, I wanted these certain guys like that. It was awesome. I mean, yes. And and one last little note. Um, I was a minor leaguer on the minor league field. Tommy Lasorda, he hands out autographs, or he did. Um, rest in peace, Tommy. But uh, he uh, he always, I mean, that was, he was the nicest guy ever. Yeah, he'd help out the youth, kids, fans. I don't care, bro. He came out and uh, he goes, "Hey, lefty," he calls you know, he calls everyone lefty. <laughs> Kershaw's lefty. I'm lefty. If you're left-handed, you're lefty. Mm -hmm. That's it. Hey, lefty, get over here. You know, okay. Right. <laughs> I jump off that practice mound. I ran to the fence and talking for a little bit. And and then I don't know what, what got to the conversation. He goes, hey, you want some good luck? I'm like, uh, uh, on, bring yes, <laughs> please. He goes, you see that ring right there? It's 88 World Series ring. He goes, why don't you kiss that? Oh, no. I go, you got it. <laughs> right off his hand, bro. I kissed that ring right on his right on his Italian gave it hand. Tongue. Oh, bro, gave it a kiss. Whatever. You know, but That's who, who awesome, can say they man. kissed Tommy Lasorda's finger? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I can listen to your stories I'm all day, 20, man. I'm 22, 23 years old, bro. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. Definitely. What? I don't care. Yeah, sure. <laughs> So, man, see. that's a, that's some cool stories, man. This is something I, I haven't heard. So, oh yeah, yeah, they're dude, on and on, bro, man. So it was over, man, and you had to go work for the family business for construction. Yeah, yeah, pops. Um, How much did you hate doing that compared to playing baseball? <laughs> you know what? I had a good transition to it. Yeah, I did. I I had a great transition. It actually saved me mentally because after I blew my shoulder out, you know, my dad started this company right out of our garage. I was a sophomore in high school. I watched him get down. Your dad's an amazing man too. I wanted to bring up your family as well. But Well, no, thank you. Yeah. No, I saw it firsthand. Pops like losing hair out of the side of his head, stressing out, trying to get after it, work. I mean, you know, to start a company, it takes some time. <laughs> it takes a lot of work, a lot of time. So it's in my garage. We have... 
the desk set up in the garage. He's taking his personal truck, doing jobs, construction stuff. So I was always a, around it, always around it. Came back home, wanted to just hang out, drive around job sites, you know, was never working there. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was after my shoulder injury. So it was after, not 15, um, it was after 16 when I went to independent ball right after like, okay, Brewers was 15, had surgery, didn't play. And then 16, went to independent ball in Rockland, New York. I was playing Quebec, Canada, like bouncing around New Jersey jackals from everywhere. Like everywhere, right? Can I ask you how much they were paying you at the time? Was it, was it? Oh, bro, nothing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, my first minor league salary was 800 bucks a month. Okay. And then independent ball was like 1400 bucks a month. Wow. And you have to pay, for, you have to find housing and fuel and you're like, you're, dude, you're, it's an internship where you're barely like, getting a little bit of, you know, bird feed. I was just curious. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's no, yeah. Yeah. We're not rich in playing minor league baseball. The big (laughs) boys, the big boys make the money. So I figured that I didn't know how much. But yeah, after that, after that season, I struggled, you know, and I came home and I was sitting on my parents' couch and I was like, you know what? I got to be realistic here. You know, like I have a family. I'm now married to my wife, Allie. Um, Yes. How long have you guys been together? 2008. So yes. my wife That's was me and my wife too. That's crazy. Yeah. She, so I have a great partner. She was there from day one, saw everything, supported me through everything. She is a special human being. Um, Good for you. And she supported me through all my trials and my, you know, errors and successes, all of it. So when I came home and I was like talking to, you know, my wife, I go, babe, you know, and I'm sitting there talking to my parents, I go, I gotta be realistic. Right. I have another shot to go try again. Like I'll go. I don't have a team. I have no contract, no job. You know, I'm going to go do open tryouts like the rookie for real. Yes. I'll get into that. And your arm was feeling good at that time. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling much better. Right. But uh, yeah, I come home that season. I tell my dad, I go, Dad, I want to go to work. And here's the thing. I I I have this weird um, perspective that I, I do want to earn everything that I do. Mm-hmm. I know it's my dad's company. I understand my name's on the back of the trucks or on the side of the trucks. I get that. It's like my dad, I get it. Right. But how can you run something? Number one, if you, if you haven't been in the trenches with the men, you don't know anything. You can't just jump in and be like, Oh, I'm the son of the owner. I'm the boss. I'm the, I'm going to just jump into his shoes. I had told my dad, I go dad, and you can't learn. You can't learn. The business, especially right. underground construction. Like, dude, yeah. there's a lot of tricks and things. And I enjoyed it though, because yeah. it took my mind off the negative, like you need to do some um, labor work. Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna yeah. Took my mind off of I might not ever play baseball again. I went and I wanted to I wanted to, you know, take out some aggression, dude. And right. I'm like, I'm I'm dig I'm a labor. Mm-hmm. I'm a labor in construction. Bright orange shirt. I saw you. I ran inside driving yeah. my towels. Hey Jerry, what's yeah. up, man? Safe, supposed to be the safety bass, <laughs> bro, hard hat boots you name it i'm getting it right and i'm working for a guy who's teaching me the ropes and i'm in the trenches i'm the labor hey go grab me that go grab me that you dig that okay let's do it or in the respect of the guys too you have to that's why i took that and i was like you know what i i gotta do it and then you know fast forward in my off seasons you know i got to the point where i did start knowing what i was talking about and guys were respecting me because of what i did um not because of who Daddy yeah. was, you know. You were representing the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey, no? <laughs> well, both, right? <laughs> both, yeah, actually. both, yeah. Because it's Martin yeah, and Martin. Both, yeah. <laughs> was no it, was both, it was both Martin. There's no number there. Yeah. Just high vis, yeah. <laughs> no, but no, that was that that helped me actually transition because I enjoyed it. It got my mind off the negative side it. of being yeah. hurt and out of the game, and then on the flip side, it motivated me more. Like I don't know if anybody's seen the rookie. Yes, of course, dude. That movie gets me emotional just thinking about it. But yeah, don't worry about it. this. is sponsored by Remarkable too. <laughs> I know it's always distracting, but no, no, no. Um, I I went to this open tryout, dude. Like legit open tryouts, and uh, um, didn't make it on a team. Went to the went to the Diamondbacks open tryout. I'm talking about show up and okay, Martin, you're in. Like the movie, yes craziness you got there and you just throw the ball as hard as you can help you you know the, the hitters 
are on the other. They're doing the same thing. They're trying to get a job. Right. You know, and you're in January. So you're not even in mid-season form. You're in winter form. So you're just doing your best. So how'd it go? Nothing happened. I actually signed with the I signed with the independent ball team, um, the York Revolution in Pennsylvania, York, Pennsylvania. Same mentality. Go out there. Let's just go play ball. Have fun. It was it was so stress-free, and it was the most fun I've had in a long time because an independent ball, you're only playing for this team. Mm-hmm. Like it's just this team. There's no like a while. And this is this is where I was having a negative thought process back in my earlier years as a professional. I was more worried about. Hey, what's that lefty doing in AAA on my team? Because I wanted his job. Right. Or is that guy come? Is he closing in on me? How's that guy in single A? I, I'm, I'm more worried about other people than myself. And that was the wrong mindset too. But over there, I had fun. I played. I had great, great success on the field for the first time in a long time. And after one of my games, the next morning, I go to the clubhouse. And not kidding you, I get a phone call. My manager comes in. Actually, he got the phone call. Manager comes in. He goes, "Hey, I got the I got the Mets on the line." I'm like, "Yes, like yeah, awesome. I'm, <laughs> I'll do hey. it." <laughs> so, so I'm talking to the Mets, right? And they go, "Hey, we're we got a spot, Double A. You know, we'd like to sign you, bring you in, start talking about a little bit of money." And I'm like on the phone, like outside the clubhouse. I'm not kidding you, bro. I'm like I'm like this, right? And the coach walks out with a different phone. I've got the Giants on the line. And I'm like, uh, uh, my stumped. I'm like, thank you. Yes. Let me uh, talk with my <laughs> wife and, you know, I'll call you right back. Hello. Yeah, this is the Giants. You know, we're going over the same, the same, car- hey, we saw you. We'd like to bring you into double A. And I'm like, dude, getting out of independent ball is hard. I think, you know, the Atlantic League is a filler league for the MLB. Um, that's kind of like their that's like their showcase league yeah. where guys that don't have a spot, they can still play and they can get in. But it's, you know, for a whole season, maybe 10, 15 guys out of the whole league, right? And then they're not always a left-handed pitcher. You know, you, they, whoever needs, like, hey, a top prospect got hurt. Um, in double A at shortstop. Well, they're not going to call up their right. brand new draft pick to go fill that spot because he's not ready. He has to develop. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to fill someone in for the time being. And that's, hey, that's the reality we all know. Like, I'm going to fill in. That's fine. Right. Give me, I get a shot, though. Yes. Um. So, yeah, we actually uh, decided to go with the Giants. And, uh, yeah, I went to Richmond. That's when Flying you- Squirrels. Growing up as a Dodger fan, it might have been a little tough, but hey, it's exciting. Hey, I tell people this now because I because when I say who's your favorite team, I always say, you know, they go, "Who'd you play for?" I go, who's your favorite team? Because <laughs> I played for six teams. I go, "Who's your favorite team?" They go, "Oh, the Dodgers." I go, "I played for the Dodgers," and they're like, "Really?" Yeah. I go, "Yeah, I played for the Dodgers. I played for the Orioles, the Dodgers, the Brewers, and the Giants, and the A's, and the Rangers," and they're like. Like, what? How did you play for the Giants? I go, it's easy. They were writing me paychecks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite team was the team that was paying me. That was my favorite team. Agreed. So Definitely. Yes, I hope the Giants beat the Dodgers when I was on the team. But Dude, well, I'm proud of your whole career, man. You freaking, yeah, you're a um, role model in this town, man, in more ways than just baseball. And you just tell you're a hungry individual. It's just being around you brings a lot of energy. So Thanks, brother. appreciate you. And, you know, your dad being a business owner, you kind of got a little bit of that blood in you too. Yeah. Now you're a business owner. Let's yeah. jump into that. Yeah. And uh, we could talk all day. Obviously, we could probably make this a three-part series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For three I told hours. you. I tried to warn you. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I love hearing your stories, man. They're incredible. They're I could feel it. Time flies when I'm talking to you. But, dude, I, I talked to you. I don't even know how it started. Oh, it was at the golf tournament. Oh, yeah. You said, hey, I started a business selling golf carts. And then, you know, when someone hears that, they're like, okay, you know, uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. And then we saw your golf carts, and they are <laughs> sick. They thank are you. nice. Yeah, thank you. I mean, top notch, anywhere from four grand to 15 grand, you know, and they are they go fast. We, I went by your shop. You're taking me for rides, and <laughs> I, I didn't want to leave. So 
I'm proud of you. And talk, talk about how that started, though, the business and how happy you are to be doing that. And you're going to do very well, by the way. I appreciate that. No, thank you. It's It's been um, a wild transition. Let me tell you that. Um, COVID, right? Everybody's home. We're all locked down. And, you know, when you have kids, you want to sometimes take a little bit of a break and have some, you know, I don't like saying me time, but I had some tools in the garage and I'm like, oh, you know. I just got a, I just had gotten a golf cart and I'm like, Oh yeah, I want to fix one up. You know, cool. I want to use my tools. I want to be handy. You know, I want to do something. I don't want to just sit here and veg out and you know, everyone's building garden boxes or whatever. Well, I started messing around with a golf cart. Well, I made it to the point where it was so nice that I had a neighbor. He goes, bro, like, can you build me one? I go, yeah, let's do it. Come on over. we got him a golf cart, fixed it up. Cool. He bought it off me for, you know, a little bit of money. I was like, that's kind of fun. Right. I was just kind of doing it like a little side hustle. It was nothing where I was like, I'm going to make a career doing this. <laughs> right. You know, make a little extra money, have some fun in the garage. My son would come out. And that's what was cool with that whole thing was he'd come out, dude. And I go, hey, bud. Hey, when, when daddy can sell a golf cart, you know, I wanted it. I'm teaching him. He's four years old now. And you have two I, kids. I have two and one on the way. Yep. One so on the way. I'm All be right. Busy. Yeah. Get some more news yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> baby boy. Oh coming. my god. So yeah, boy, girl, boy. Perfect. So no, but my my son, you know, he wants to be out there with daddy. And I love that. I love that part of it. And I would say, okay, here's my little uh impact drill, no bits, you know. Yeah. One of my extra ones. I go, here. And I'd be I'd be jacking the golf cart up and we're putting on tires, right? And he's over there, meow, 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 meow. Like he's pretending he's, you know, Lightning McQueen. We're putting car oh, tires yeah. on, bro. Right. We're doing it. Yes. And it was just fun. It was just a fun time to um Hang out in the garage. Hang out with pastime. Yeah, friends, like friends and family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Enjoyed it. Well, then my dad says, "Build me one." I built him one, and then I start getting this buzz where guys are like, "Dude, I'm, I saw my, I saw so and so's golf cart. Can you build me one?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." And then I started adding up like I'd go and find a good deal on a couple used golf carts that I could just you know, transition to nicer, newer ones. And they're all used. I mean, they're just custom builds and get at the point where, dude, I was getting people like lined up. I was like, okay, this is actually kind of fun, you know? And then, um, fast forward a little bit, got pretty busy doing it. Like, okay, I'm people, people are calling and this is kind of becoming profitable and I need to start getting official before I get busted. Right. Um, not wanting to get busted. My wife, she is straight and narrow. Let me tell her that, with her in, in, in charge, we're good. Right, yeah. <laughs> we're good. But uh, yeah, I actually um, was transitioning. My dad had the opportunity to get out of construction, um, sell his shares of the company, which is awesome for him because him. he put in the work and he is going to reap the benefits. And it's going to be great because he gets to play golf. He loves golf. We all love golf. I know, you know that. We see, yeah, we see each other out there. <laughs> he all gets time. to play golf three, four times a week, and yeah. <laughs> you know, and retire earlier than expected, which is awesome. So good for him. You know, I took that opportunity. To be like, you know what? I have this passion to chase things down, chase baseball down. You know, I chased being the best in construction. So now I'm like, well, let me see what I can do with this, and uh, started JM Precision. Yes, you know, and. When I was trying to think of names too, I'm like, you know, you're like, you want to be catchy, you want to be cool, and make have a good name. It's it's kind of it's kind and of be a, meaningful too. Yeah, it'd be meaningful time. too. So I'm I'm going through like words and things and precision. I look at the definition. I go, yes, that definition. Can you pull up the definition for me, because uh, <laughs> no, but I I remember reading that <laughs> definition of precision, and I was like, that's what I want to be. I want to be the one that takes care of. Anything that could go wrong, be precise, right? That's right. It's a detail. good, it's a good, yeah. Be, be the guy who's a good um, business owner or customer um, relations. I wanted to be precise. My builds, I was doing custom builds. So I wanted to make them perfect. Right. Um, and it caught, it caught, it caught buzz, caught fire. And uh, yeah, grew into the next phase. Um, now I'm an icon golf cart dealership go check him out yeah so it's I crazy mean, we'll how get... it all transitioned in a few months yes please do yourself a favor if you're interested in a golf cart call jared check out jm precision on instagram 
I've been sharing it galore since I saw you last yeah. week. And it's just going to be an awesome adventure for you. And I can't wait to support it. I love watching new business owners start business and uh, especially something like it's like cool, sexy. It's, I mean, what yeah. you're doing. So it's something you're proud to talk about. Yeah. I'm proud to share what you're doing. And I love helping small businesses grow. And um, I love just supporting you, buddy. I appreciate it, man. It's been a great week. We had a good, a good, this is my first week with the new, the new carts and we're basically sold out already in less than, less than seven days, which is unbelievable. Oh, no, man. It's exciting. You know, God has blessed Dude. me so much. And, uh, you know, it was a cool, encouraging moment when the, when the 18 wheeler pulled in with the new icons and right behind the truck, I'm not even kidding you. This truck came in at like four o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. That's when the driver could come in. The golf carts are on the trailer, and a car pulls in, says, we followed this truck in from the freeway. <laughs> we fought, We didn't know where it was going. It could have been going to Taft. Yes. They followed this truck into um, our shop over at Bakersfield Golf Cart off Fruitville. Yeah, it's a little hard to see, so you got to drive slow. It's by a yep. Total American or Total Western. Yeah, on the backside of Uncle Sam's. Yeah, the cross street from Thompson Tank. And uh, just slow down when you get there, pull in, and check it out. Yep. It's really, it's really awesome. Yep. The family, the couple, got out of their car, found me, said, hey, we want one of these golf carts. And before I had them off the trailer, wrote me a check and paid for a golf cart in full. Wow. That was like a Can moment. Just wait to see how much it was. That was how a, much was it? <laughs> it's no, quite a bit. It, it was, was a, it, it was, was the one. biggest one I have. Yeah, there that you was go. awesome. <laughs> All right. It was you, the biggest one I have. <laughs> I was I was blown away though. That was like a moment of like encouragement. Like, dude, this is what I needed to be doing, you know, at this point in time. Well, you're yeah. excited about it. You gotta go with your gut, man. And I'm, I'm take a risk, that, man. I'm before, yeah, yeah. Take a risk. Yes. What was your what was your motivation to want to start this? Um and what do you do to keep yourself motivated? I know you listen to Gary V. And oh, that, yeah, the V. Yes, I know. I do, too. He keeps me on track, wanting to help grow and stay focused. I mean, do you still go to the gym? Yeah. I bring this up because I believe in my five pillars in life. They're you know, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, mm -hmm. and financial, getting my money right. Yeah. So I go to the gym to keep my mind right, and I believe having the mental strength, mental awareness is important, knowing yourself. And then emotional is some something – Someone won't get just hearing it right off the bat, but your emotional awareness and how you act when things aren't going your way are important. Right. But do you have some kind of a belief system like that or anything to touch on those five pillars? Um, I mean, I've transitioned a lot over the years of my life um, from my earlier playing career to the end of my playing career to where I am now. Um, a lot of my transition has been with my faith in Jesus. Um, yeah, yeah that's been a big one. It's helped me a lot. Put my Put my priorities right. And when your priorities are right, things tend to fall into place, right? I agree. So, you know, number one being, you know, our Lord and Savior. Number two, my spouse, my wife, my beautiful wife, Allie, my family, my kids. You know, getting those things in my priority first and then business and finances after, like you mentioned, right? Right. Where before, like the spiral, the ups and downs of baseball, like number one on my list was baseball. <laughs> right. Biz like my career and then like wife kind of filtered in with like family. And I mean, honestly, like I was like near the bottom and I share my testimony all the time about that. But, um, that number one, getting the priorities in line helped me stay on the right course in my motivation, trusting that God has a plan for me. Right. You know, and like, everything happens for you. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing we talk about all the time is it's not a coincidence. Right. Right. People use that, oh, it's a coincidence. What yeah. a coincidence that was. Right. No, that was not a coincidence. That was exactly that was designed for you at the right time for you. Yes. And I'm like, this is awesome. Everything's happening for you. I yeah, love that. Yeah, this is awesome, right? That makes you not sweat the small stuff or sweat over the past yeah. or the future. Just saying. And when you want to sweat it, when you try and sweat it, you're not giving it to God to help. Like, right. hey, dude. And I, you know, God and I have a good relationship. We're like, hey, dude, like, come on. Help me out here. No. Yes. <laughs> call, I call God dude sometimes. But no, um, having that helps tremendously. And then the motivation is just to be better. Like be a better person, be a better success story. Like be better the next day than you were yesterday. Yesterday's over. You know, and I know we said Gary V, 
You know, his little clips. I love it. I know. You know, his his things that he drops in, like, do something that makes you happy. Right. If exactly. you're trying to do it for the money, do it for the job, and it doesn't make you happy, you'll never be successful. Like, yeah, we love I mean, to golf. Yeah. Didn't mean I was going to, like, like golf carts. I mean, I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like golf carts on the golf course. Well, my favorite thing he said is, uh, is success is not measured by money. It's about waking up and being happy and That's excited it. about the day. You know, yeah. that is so important. So. I wake up and I say, thank you, God. I appreciate you so much. And I'm appreciative of life. And thank you for my family's health and yeah. what I'm grateful for at that time. You yeah. know, so what's going on in my life. But yeah, health's most important. Take care of that. And yeah, everything seems to fall into place. You're right. That's it, man. Yeah, yeah. mental health, physical health. I mean, you know, I did have a back injury, which kind of knocked me down as far as the weightlifting from my playing career. Right. But what has helped me, I'm going to give a little uh, plug in right here. Don't, don't dog until you do it. Okay. Don't dog till no, you do it. I might it. do it too. Who knows? Hey, I go to Rush Spin Cycle. Okay. Indoor studio. No, that's a workout. Hey, bro. It's all, all intense cardio, <laughs> Dude, dance moves, you know? Bro, I love Dude, it. I think they drink Red Bulls in there too. Bro, I love it. <laughs> you know, I love it. It's got the loud music and yes. your 45 minute workout is over before you know it. Well, you but, made it 45 minutes. Uh, I tried to do a 30 minute. <laughs> Did you do 27. it? Did you go do it? Oh, yeah. Oh, bro. Oh, I made it 27 and I had to, I had to uh, beach cruiser it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Downshift. Downshift. Yeah. Well, hey, bro, man, I loved speaking it. Speaking of baseball, I'm about to go coach my kid's baseball game right now, man. Uh, he's on the Angels. Did you play for the Angels? <laughs> Scout ball. Well, maybe you can help me there coach tonight. Yeah. Hey, there we go. <laughs> hey, brother. Hey, love you, man. Thank you so much for coming on. And see, we need to do it again. So bro, we'll yeah. bring you back in a year. Yeah. And your business is going to be booming. Let's do it. You're going to wear a suit probably. <laughs> Never, bro. Probably no. jeans and boots. I know. Hey, this, this, by the way, this is, if you're from out of California or Bakersfield, this is the Bakersfield look right here. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, well, thanks again, brother. Appreciate you. If you got a chance, take it. Take it while you got a chance. If you got a dream, chase it. Cause a dream won't chase you back If you're gonna love somebody Hold them as long and as strong And as close as you can Till you can There's a box of greasy parts Sitting in the trunk of that 65 Still waiting on you and your granddad